Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DH guys I'm known, and we watched so many things this week. We started off with episode three of the Marvel streaming show Hawkeye, so spoiler alert for that. We also watched five, yes, five holiday romance films. It is a miracle that our brains are not completely melted. We watched The Princess Switch 3, Romancing the Star, A Castle for Christmas, Love Hard, Single All the Way, and The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. I'm gonna say a technical spoiler alert for all of those films, but if you've seen one of these types of films, you know, these Lifetime, Hallmark, etc. films, you've kind of seen them all, so it, I don't think it will necessarily take away from your enjoyment of the film if you haven't seen it yet and listened to the discussion and want to go back. Uh, enjoyment is also subjective. The only one that sort of falls into a different category is The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, which I think is meant to be a satire, but whether or not it's successful is part of our discussion. And then be sure to stay tuned after our main chat, as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Are you too caught up on the Daredevil news? Yeah. No. Jackie, did you see this? No. I mean, yeah, I read it. <laughs> I read the details like... of it, but I saw the headline. It's not spoiler or anything. I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, so it's... basic... Yeah. You... Matt, I'll let you do this. This is your this is your moment to shine. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Feige finally, like, in questions about Daredevil and ever returning to the MCU or being in the MCU beyond Netflix, finally gave, like, a response of, yes, he will be back. And when he is back, he will be Charlie Cox. But the details Ooh. about when he's coming back, how and where are remain to be seen, which I think is BS. I think he knows where. Yeah. But that's fine. But yeah. either way, he was confirming that it will be Charlie Cox. Yeah. So just that, 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 is so con that is context for our Hawkeye discussion. That's it. Yes. Okay. Well, well I'm so happy. Yes. Let's let's kick oh, it yeah. off. So exciting. I hope that means Jessica Jones exists too. I mean, I think you've. Charlie Cox exists. Everyone else has to exist, right? Like Luke Cage has to exist. Unfortunately, like Iron Fist has to exist. But we get, you know, we get the other possible options out of that. Right. John Bernthal has to exist. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good characters though. Yeah, there's a lot of characters I don't want to see. But right. But yes, Hawkeye episode three. Oh, boo! I had a very good time. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Mm -hmm. The Chick Arrow thing I thought would be cheesy and weird, and parts of it were, but I did laugh pretty loud at some of the st jokes they made so i was like she's like when she, when she was like this was the third <laughs> yeah the third most <laughs> most dangerous arrow there's or something like oh there's three more dangerous arrows in there <laughs> before this one when she like blew up the truck <laughs> uh, i enjoyed that i thought that was good yeah, that was yes. fun i was excited about i mean obviously i feel like remember when i made the comment in WandaVision and it was like I hope that you know they'll give us the Salem Witch Trials and then they did and then I tried it again and yeah <laughs> Casimir Winter Soldier didn't happen and then here I was like I hope that we'll get Fisk and we'll get him just in like flashbacks and I don't know that it remain that we will just get flashbacks here but I would love it if that's all we got but we got him in a flashback I mean we yeah. think we got him in a flashback but it was I, like, I oh. think I think we got him in a flashback I, <laughs> I yeah. I guess I, yeah, it seems positive like we, we did. got him in a flashback, yes. Yes. Although I will, I will caveat and say it's a little bit of a bummer for, and let me know how you two feel about this. I know, Dana, we texted a little bit about it, but yeah, a little bit of a bummer where if you had just been watching this show and had not been speculating because everyone's speculating that Kingpin will be there and that Vincent D'Onofrio wasn't acting as if he's probably here, would you have thought that was him? Like, would you have thought that at all on your own without having read yeah. Echo Comics? And it's oh kind of well, sad. that's that's a that's a question for Jackie, having read Echo Comics, and then I, mean, I will. Have you read the the origins from Daredevil, the Echo Origins 
So like no, having it's well, not a question for Jackie then. <laughs> yeah, like, like having not read that, would you have thought, oh, maybe that was Wilson? You know what I mean? So it's almost it's kind of sad that it feels that uh, it's it's be a bigger surprise for the people who wouldn't have been narrowing down on that. It would have been a bigger surprise when he really does just appear. Right, right, right. right. I don't think that if we hadn't. Like, I almost wonder if Vincent D'Onofrio hadn't spoiled the fact that he was definitely liking the show, if we would even, like, assume. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure that I would have automatically assumed it was him. Well, that was part of Matt and my discussion, because, Jackie, I I assume this is what got spoiled for you on Wednesday morning. Yes. Yeah. And I was very happy that it was a lot subtler than I expected. (laughs) Yeah, so... I thought he fucking showed up in frame and... Some asshole like spoiled oh. that moment for me you know right because you had been texting about a spoiler and then I was like I didn't know what it was but I was in the middle of watching the episode because I also remembered oh god these drop on Wednesdays and then I finally somebody after I told someone I finished watching the episode they, they showed they sent me a screen grab of the cufflinks and I was like I don't understand what this means this is even after us having the discussion about Wilson Fisk and I, I just did not put two and two together oh, yeah. and so if I hadn't had the context of Matt bringing this up and uh you know Vincent D'Onofrio tweeting I would I would not have but my thing that I'm sad about is that it, they took away the the sort of su- surprise aha moment the reveal because we now know because of the internet and because of him tweeting about it himself and i was like Ugh, i mean i'm so mad at him for tweeting about it because i think that like we would be guessing but not feeling as confident do you know what right. i mean yeah like i based like, on i mean yeah because you know that because you've you've told me that kingpin's involved with echo right and so like that's not a hard jump to make when you see the cufflinks but with him tweeting about it it's like so obvious that he shows up yeah it felt obvious that he was showing up i would have been like i would have zeroed in on on it because i would i would have been looking for it because it just would be very you know he mean he raised her right so it's like i would be very much like okay if they're doing her origin story here we're getting flashbacks like where's wilson right like so i would have been thinking that just as a lover of the comics but i wouldn't have thought necessarily that it was definitely vincent Mm-hmm. Like I, I, which is just another added layer to that, but it just is one of those things where, yeah, it feels kind of, it's an, an internet thing too. Even if Vincent uh, D'Onofrio had, had not, you know, and again, all he said was, well, that looks like a fun show uh, or a good show, whatever. It's not like he, but it's like a weird thing. It's like, why would he do that? But right. because like he doesn't do with anything. He doesn't do that ever. But if, even if he hadn't done that, it's still something where it's kind of like. The I bet Mara was so mad at him though. No, I bet you they told him to do it. Oh, yeah, you I think would, so? I wouldn't be shocked, yeah. I mean, just he does not talk about any of this other stuff. Like, it just feels like it was he pointed. was, you know, they were like, hey, oh, that's hey. interesting to build buzz. and Yeah. 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 We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. I wouldn't be shocked because honestly, as much as it's not nearly as cool, in my opinion, Jared Leto did the same thing about Venom too. And obviously we know, we already know his movies coming out too, but I think it was a thing to be like, do it. Let's try to build buzz about what we're building with these Sony villain things. Like, honestly, right. I think they did. Because otherwise, like, imagine a world where Jared Leto was just deciding to just t- tweet about Venom 2 saying it looked good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. But, yeah, I think that they told him to do it. And I just kind of think it's annoying because they already know that Marvel fans, aside from Star Wars fans, are like the craziest people in the entire world. And we're all <laughs> sitting here speculating about everything we can. And right. so it's going to... and. And I'm not the only person on the planet who knew about Echo before this. So it's like it was going to become a conversation at some point. 
that like, oh, Will Wilson up here. Because again, she's 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 a much younger character in the grand scheme of things with a lot of comparatively to the other characters we're getting in these different shows as far as yeah. how long she's existed. And her origin story is very singular and it is very one thing. And so if you've read about it, you know Wilson is very involved. And so the speculations would happen without them having told him to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, did you really have to? But at the same time, I'm just happy it's happening. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it's fun. And it'll still be a fun moment when he's on screen. You know? Yeah, I guess, again, I'm thinking of the perspective of for someone like me who has not read any, does not know anything about that and would not have put the two and two together. I still would have been like, oh, my God, it's Vincent yeah. D'Onofrio. Because that leads to the larger conversation of, all right, well, that means the Netflix ones count. And, you know, now that we've had this Charlie Cox news, it's like, I... I just wonder how much more joyous we would have been had we naturally discovered these things, but now we'll never know. Yeah, you can never really know. No, uh, we won't. But in, <laughs> we can know, just have. In some ways, it's nice that they leave us these sort of breadcrumbs for for people like us, and and it's still enjoyable for people who don't yeah. know what that means. You know, it's still exciting knowing it's happening and be like, okay, you know, how are we going to do this now? I will say, like, I really did. It was my favorite episode of the three. I mean, that might be come as no shock because I have been excited for Echo to join. I think that um, they did a really cool job with her. I thought she was really great. I am curious to see where it goes. Obviously, it's one of those things where being close to the material, I'm trying not to like let my little wishes of how it was happening ruin anything for myself, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I am enjoying it and I just want to be able to just say, okay, whatever, let go, whatever. But her intro in the comics is so directly and the story they're telling of hers is so directly tied to Matt Murdock initially that i just really wish that this was a season i honestly wonder like her, you know if he's gonna show up sooner than later like what if they the reason why kevin feige finally said that is because he's going to show up this season well, yeah, maybe or, or if he shows up in her show right like that's what i mean yeah. or like he could just show up as a lawyer here and then maybe yeah that's what i mean he shows up in hawkeye just to get everyone excited about echo's show or whatever mm, you yeah. know it's just kind of sad you know thinking like it takes him being in it to get people excited. About, you know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Maybe she'll become a but... fan favorite instantly because I thought she was pretty great. She was great. I, I loved the whole thing. So I don't know. Yeah, she's a super compelling character. But but I guess I mean it even in the way of like it's not a huge deal. But like when we learn who like the story that they're doing here, they're replacing with Hawk with Clint Barton character instead of Matt Murdock. Hmm. So it's that thing yeah. where. I already don't love Clint Barton and now I'm seeing her story, but with him instead. And I'm like, at least they won't probably have a romance because he's married. But but it's a thing where it's like she wants to kill Daredevil because Wilson Fisk tells her that he's the one who killed her father uh -huh. instead of it being like, oh, Ronan killed him. You know what okay. I mean? So they're doing the origin really well, but then like pick up and move this character who's my favorite of all time and replace this one who's my least favorite in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that feels a little bit like an ouch. But at the same time, I'm trying to just be like, they're doing a really faithful job with her story for the most part as far as like where she comes from, who she is, it seems. And that's something to be really happy about. Yeah, I, I also thought the action in this one was relatively exciting. You know, it was like a lot of action, but I thought I like that the Echo has her own fighting style. You know, I as cheesy and silly as it was, I didn't hate the, you know, I, I liked the arrow stuff. The driving was a little ridiculous. I was like, this is not this is not how this works. This is not how any of this works. The weird like car moment. I was like, what? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to let go. And then I just had fun with it because I was like, yes, yeah. it does feel like a sequence out of a comic book because, you know, realism isn't as important, you know. Right. But she 
going back to what we were saying in the first two episodes, you know, Jeremy Renner does not have comedy chops. And I think this was a sort of smart way to address it, where it's just like he's he's him being offbeat is what the source of the comedy comes from. And even then, it was still weak for me. I was like, yeah, she yeah. was so much better than him. It was just unreal. But that being said, I found him the most enjoyable in this episode. Like, well, say, like you know, I think he kind of worked a little better. It just yeah. it worked better. Yeah. He couldn't understand everyone. Yeah, and I was coming off our conversation about him and dryness and blandness, whatever, and going into this one, watching and being like, "Oh, he's not so bad." <laughs> but it's, yeah, he, I think he, the writing, everything, it, it all just was. I think as a as an entire episode, I just think was undoubtedly the strongest so far and the most kind of well thought out. It felt like so all of the things felt better about it. I do hope. I thought she was cool with her fighting style and stuff like that. I do hope they really kind of go and explore. I think they will, of course, but explore her methods a little bit more because she's kind of Taskmaster-ish in that she's a different form of the Daredevil kind of thing, and that's what they bond over. But, you know, he's blind and his other senses get sharpened. She's deaf and her other senses get really, really sharpened and to the point where she can literally watch a fighting style and mimic it completely. Mm. And so she goes and steals people's fighting styles all the time to fight. So like when she's going to go try to kill Daredevil, she studies bullseye fighting and studies people who have been successful at beating his ass. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that that's kind of a fun. They don't have to go crazy with it in a way that's like, you know, doesn't make any sense. But I think it'd be fun to explore it. So I hope we will. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I don't know. I had a really good time watching it. I loved learning about Echo because I know Matt's been talking about Echo for a long time. And I've never actually read those ones. So I've never actually seen her in the comics that I remember. I really enjoy that the actress is not only actually native, but uh, is has a disability. You know, she's deaf and she doesn't have um, a limb, which they showed. And then they showed her kicking ass anyway, which I thought was really, really cool and fun. And she's doing a crazy amount of her stunts. Remember, I think I was telling you, I saw that interview. And I just think that's wild and awesome to show that, you know, you (laughs) you could, you you wouldn't, if you just looked at her in pants all the time, I don't think that there was a moment where I would question if she was missing a leg. Well, if they hadn't shown us the missing limb in the sequence, I wouldn't have known for sure. And how yeah. badass is that, you know? Yeah. And to be fair, though, I don't know anyone. Those limbs are like forty to $70,000. That's how oh expensive it is to get a leg. So I don't know that anyone would be actually fighting with them, but still enjoy. Yeah, I was like, well, Marvel's cinematic, you know, you know it's, I, I want to be like, it's an adamantium leg in this way. You know, she took it from the compound. Of well, and she works, you know, and she has connections to Kingpin, who's you know, got lots of money. So maybe it's, and that's, yeah. And that's a good point. But also when you look at just the actress in general, uh, you know, a lot of Cox here, I mean, she clearly is a kind of a trained fighter with it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, she does use it. I'm not saying she's out there actually killing people and beating people up. And, you know. Yeah, and you, <laughs> to be fair, this criticism of being a murderer? Is, <laughs> is totally unvalid in the sense that, like, I didn't even pay enough attention to know if she kicked anyone. So I mm-hmm. don't, because I'm not that person who cares that much about yeah. fighting well, she gets, styles. She gets so. hit in it, which was, like, a nice moment. She of... definitely gets hit. And she, she, I mean, she kicks ass. I just don't remember her. I just didn't pay enough attention to be like, oh, she definitely kicked with her. And well, I just remember like, I really just don't distinctly remember that. she like like Hawkeye hits it and then like she doesn't react and he's like, huh? You know, so I thought that was a very like subtle mm-hmm. way. And obviously we'd seen the like the the karate gi moment with it, so we knew, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a smart way to introduce the like who remind us about it. Well, and also anyone who is familiar with the uh, real housewives of New York will remember a, a, a Viva Drescher um yes, throwing yes. her leg across a mm-hmm. restaurant with reckless abandon because she's yes. upset. 
So <laughs> that was a, a tens of thousands of dollar yeah. moment. Yeah, that was it was a drama piece yeah. worth <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, but I just yeah. I mean, this is just coming from knowing yeah. kids growing up who like couldn't afford limbs. No, so and it's a and it's a valid point commentary yeah. on a very different problem in America. But yes. um Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's interesting. Ways, I would appreciate that film would like show how precious those items are too. Yeah, well, no, I think it's an, an interesting point just in that. I mean, as you know, we're talking to typical able-bodied people and a wheelchair user here. And it's like you talk about your wheelchair enabling you to do everything. And so you are going to think about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like. It, you know, because if that thing breaks, expensive. what the fuck is she going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like, I guess you can't get a crutch for now. But it's like, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy expensive and it's wild. That, you know, mm. That's a whole other issue. But. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they keep it really realistic in that way. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that I would mean, be really cool. I mean, I just, and since the actress is, you know, I was going to say as a byproduct of her, you know, actually casting. has an amputee, or I don't, I don't know the crate has an amputation. I guess. Yeah, I don't actually know. I'm not sure. So if you do know, write and tell us. You know, we'd love to learn. Obviously, yes, I'll, I'll put it in the phone. Um, but I think it's has an amputation, and she, you know, so hopefully she would speak up. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure that she would give feedback on that. If well, she, if she's sure like, I'm going to do my own stunts. If they hire yeah. her, that's the whole point, right? Like, right. Especially, yeah, they hired her, and it's not like it's a character point that was written in. She got cast, and she happens to have yeah. Exactly. So it's like yeah. something where you'd think they would, and they are used. She is doing so much of her own fighting that I'm sure she's like, this is how I, I would, this is how I do it. You know. Yeah. On on a sort of similar note, I don't. I didn't want to pick it apart, but I I have become semi hyper aware of the use of ASL in a lot of things, I think because we've watched a couple projects that involve, you know, deaf actors or deaf uh, characters in them. It it did feel like a little inconsistent, you know, her in the karate dojo, like the sensei doesn't say anything to like indicate the fight's ready to go. You know, I just, I wish there had been more, I don't know, moments of possible struggle for her when she's young, especially to like show, you know, I thought the classroom scene was a really great demonstration of like what the, you know how hard it might be if you don't have if the if the conditions around you are not adjusted you know and that, that like people aren't accommodating your difference but then it was like there were moments where you know she just could read she could read lips that like weren't in her line of sight and all this stuff and i was like okay okay oh go ahead i was gonna say that goes to what i was kind of saying before about her powers that i'm really interested or her abilities i would say they're not, she's not superhuman but in that she calls herself Echo because she feels the vibrations of things that she describes as an echo, but she can, in the comics anyway, as, as wild as it is, as whatever, she can she can understand what someone's saying based on the vibrations in the air. Oh, like sub-vocalization? Yeah, so it's this interesting thing where, but then in this, we had we had some of that where, like, maybe that's what's happening, but then we also had a time when, you know, her main guy was totally translating for her when they were sitting right in front of her. And so it's this kind of thing where, okay, well, which is it? You know, so yeah, it's interesting I guess that's, to see. that's the question I'm asking, which yeah. is it? Um, yeah, and I also read this or saw this criticism sort of online that I didn't realize but does make a lot of sense is that when they use like subtitles, it's obviously for us who speak English, but it's not a good thing for the ASL community in general. I guess, you know, subtitles are hard for like little kids and things to read. So there's a lot of Eternals. They want a version of Eternals that actually has ASL um, interpreter, I guess, like on the side mm. so that kids can watch it because they can't read. And also ASL is a very different language than English. Like it's 
somewhat similar, but that's why they call it interpretation instead, because it, it doesn't have a lot of the same structure as English oh, does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the times younger kids who grew up speaking only as ASL don't can't really make sense of a lot of English, even I, if they can. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Another, no, it's, you, it's very much more kind of like if you were to hear it being spoken, it sounds kind of like broken English in a lot of ways. I, mm. you know, I, I took a couple years of it in college and it was very, it was fascinating, but it was, yeah. Well, yeah, I different. mean, it, but it also makes sense, right? It's like, it's just different speeds. Your gestures are at whatever. You figure out how to communicate the gist of something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another thing I always ask in movies and anytime people use sign language is like okay well there's asl but there's also other languages of sign language why do all characters always know american sign language especially mm -hmm. if we're like the tracksuit mafia is clearly what eastern european you know right. it's like why would he know american sign language I, i'm sure there's a story reason or whatever we're specifically just to work it. with echo but but yeah you're right like it's like yeah. there's so many different ones but we are so america, america well i mean it's just ASL. Yeah, it's it's the same reason why most characters in movies speak English, right? Despite whatever language they should be speaking. <laughs> yeah, House of Gucci, looking at you. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you know, the whole movie what? in theory sh should have been in Italian. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we just kind of wink at the camera and go, "Yeah, yeah. talking English because it's a movie." <laughs> yeah, but I, again, overall, I had I I really I'm enjoying the show except for the weird contrived Christmas reminders. And they're like, oh no, only five days or four days. I'm like, again, how long are these days? <laughs> like, how many hours are in a yeah. day in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because you're accomplishing a lot. I get tired a doing lot. one task a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. What's interesting yeah. though is also it's, it's I, I'm okay with the Christmas aspect enough just because of the time of year, but rewatchability, it's not going to be as good for me. If I like want to go and rewatch it someday and it's like in the summer, it's going to be weird. I don't like watching Christmas things. One of my favorite movies of all time is Nightmare Before Christmas. And I don't watch it unless it's that time of year. I just don't, you know, because it's just like yeah. I like I don't, and whatever. That's whatever. I just mean it's like no, an interesting, interesting choice, you know, really that it's you. like. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, unless they want us it to be like a annual thing that people do is they watch Hawkeye. But OK, so but in a similar note. You know, WandaVision has a Halloween episode. Does this apply to WandaVision too? It does not. If there was okay. a movie, like the movies that I think are like Halloween centric, I can, I, I do the same thing where it's like Halloween time of year, that yeah. kind of thing. But I watch horror films, things like that throughout the year all the time. Sure. And something where it's like, yeah, we have a Halloween episode or like, you know, I know it's not everybody's favorite show, but when I rewatch Friends, there's always a, a Thanksgiving episode or something. And yeah. I, I can watch that in May. It doesn't bother me. Well, but it's because this like, whole show focuses the sh on Christmas. Yeah, the whole <laughs> show is about Christmas. No, no, I, I agree yeah. with you. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. No, but it's a good question. Yeah. yeah. It is a good, it's a good clarifier. But I also think WandaVision is just a better show in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'd be like, I mean, WandaVision's more? incredible. Yes. But yeah. Well, this is a good segue because we are in the holiday season. We sure are. And we have loaded up on all the things, not all the things because there are way too many things, but we watched a lot of holiday extravaganza extravaganza yes almost too much for me i think i may have tied you know especially as someone whose holidays already done <laughs> like it was a lot yeah but no i can see I, that. I uh don't i mean you said english words and i like understood the meaning mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like i don't understand i also realized i was like I will watch them all the way through christmas <laughs> well i I was like, we have so many different variations of holiday stories, and yet I've, I've never seen a Hanukkah one, <laughs> which makes me I'm like, I, I'm maybe glad, but also a little sad. For, yeah, there was only know. like that, like only that one, like the, the Adam Sandler thing. Oh, was, no, like, we animated. do not talk. We don't. But I just about... mean like, but yeah. they don't ever really like 
do it. Like there's only like yeah. Do a we should be more specific. We are talking about holiday romance films, yes. not holiday yeah. films. Yeah. Holiday yeah. romance films. Yeah. I was happy. I got at least two Asian ones this year. Yeah, that's a that is something. Yeah, yeah. Three. That is more more two. than you're normally allowed. One to and, one and a half. One and a third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't are, know. Are all the Vanessa Hudgens Filipino? I don't. Know. <laughs> I believe yes. All of them are. Well, but are they? Because uh, you know, I I was very confused by. I, I mean, one seems to be a natural blonde. I don't know. Oh, very natural. <laughs> yeah, they're all very. I mean, all of their hair was pretty natural looking. So yes. I don't know what we're complaining about. I mean, about as natural as her accents and her ability to act without smiling or act at all. But yeah, or uh, act, I agree, yeah, I agree yeah. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, should we should we start with Princess Switch three? I, we might as well start with Princess Switch three. <laughs> I know we watched a little horde here of them, but uh, yeah, which yeah. I love that it just it requires you to have seen the other two. It's just like we're not going to give you, we're going to give you the shortest of short intros Why to remind would you, you who not are. watch the first two. <laughs> well, but did you watch the first two again leading into three? I didn't. Well, I'm, okay, I'm not so. going to say I did. Um, but you're also not going to say you didn't. <laughs> but I'm also, you know, not going to say that I didn't. It didn't make perfect sense. You know, there was a lot of plot happening. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, everything about those films makes sense. <laughs> you know, you it, know, it, it, I it have just, to say, you know, <laughs> yeah, go on. Well, I have to say, like on a real note, like it, it's by far, unfortunately, the weakest of the trilogy for me. I was really sad that it took them so long to actually switch. It was like yeah, so really much, did, so much setup. Switch, we got three switches. Yeah, well, that's like just like, involve you. <laughs> it was like we're gonna get like two thirds way through the movie, and then we're gonna switch, and then we're gonna switch again. It's like all these switches, which is okay, great, and I liked all the switching, but I wanted more switching earlier on. So I was kind mm. of like a little bored in the first hour. I I could not believe how long it was. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it also felt kind of like yeah, a long. I don't. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know why this broke the camel's back necessarily, um, but I just don't see how a parole agency is meeting on Christmas Eve. I like, had the exact none of those same. People are like, none of them are down there, you know. Like not just a parole agency, but like a religious one, you know, a Christian parole. Like, agency. They're going to the nunnery and being like, "Stop the mass! Let's talk about this delinquent person." let's talk about legal statutes and the criminal code of wherever the hell they are yeah that was i mean that was pretty unbelievable yes that was the most unbelievable thing about princess which it was but what's funny is like i think jackie and i talked a little bit about this when watching it but it was just it's no shade to vanessa hutchins as a human i'm sure she's lovely but god damn she's terrible and in these movies like just atrocious and it's one of those we're like looking and it's like how did this, how could she get away with this? Or like this, this accent here, this and that. And it just determined that it was like, I think she just is the most famous person on the set at all. And everyone just lets everything go. Like nobody tries. No one's going to tell sure. her, oh, we need another take of that. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. I, like this- I don't think they care is what it comes down to. Yeah, like, you're probably I, right. But... I, I truly don't. Also, I think that they don't want to mess with the magic of her terrible acting. Because, you know, the first two films, it really, the terrible acting made it for me, you know? Yeah, if you give her any notes, she might get two in her head and then it might not just yeah. be as natural. Or, I, I, she I, might I, try it, and take them to heart and then try harder and make it even worse. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it begs the question, and this is something that, it's not that Princess Switch 3 just made me think of this. I mean, other films too that we'll get to. But ha- are we getting, I think we are, but are we getting to a point where 
it's it's like now the goal is to make a really really shitty holiday film because it's funny it's like well, rather than these I mean, really just questionable scripts getting greenlit i think that's the ultimate question for something like the bitch who stole christmas I, that was going to be my main i like yes. i think we're a little too self-aware now Yes. Yeah. Well, I think some of them are. And then at the same time, something like A Castle for Christmas, which I was like, oh, no, no I think this is, I think this no, is. No, they thought they were making a good film. Right. And it was yeah. just so bad. Before we yeah. transition to another one on Princess Witch 3, <laughs> did we realize it's kind of the plot of Red Notice? It sure is. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Netflix this is like my Netflix 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 Netflix. I wonder if the writers are the same that would be funny that would be kind of spectacular yeah i yeah i halfway through i was like oh god it's red note <laughs> like wait this isn't an original story at all yeah they still they still this <laughs> no but that's what i thought when watching red notice i was like wait they took this from princess switch three <laughs> how dare them which I clearly had been in production longer yeah yeah, obviously. It was just, I mean, again, I think the only thing that, the, the most redeeming thing to me was that there were Asian slash Asian American slash Asian British leads in it. I meant to look up if the guy is actually British because he was, the new love interest was so bad. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. And it was so weird because it was like her half brother or something. What? Like, wasn't it like, it was like somehow related to her family, like he was some family friend or some like. No, they just know. grew up together, right? Yeah, but growing that- up together and being in love, gross. Childhood. I don't know. I didn't find. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember how how they were like, but they knew each other as kids or something. Yeah, I'm not into that. That's weird. He's Australian, or he was. Yeah, he was born in Malaysia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, he was in Spider Man: Far From Home. What? I don't remember. Oh yeah, we did see that. Yeah, I definitely Uh, saw that. It doesn't mean he was a character that was worth remembering. Yes, he is in Crazy Rich Asians. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, damn. He does play a pretty crap character in it so speaking of mighties who have fallen brooke shields <laughs> you she say fallen a, i say risen she was like, trying <laughs> she looked great i know yes, we, we try not she to incredible. Focus and and to be fair she actually was the best in the cast of the worst yes yeah i mean we're not saying that anyone did well i'm just saying that like if we had to choose a winner she was it also speaking of accents uh-huh. who let carriels do that who let this happen do you know I spent the whole film believing that was Stuart Townsend for I'm not sure why. <laughs> I, mean, I, I realized it, that when you texted Meg texted me about yes, like, about I was Stuart like, Townsend, I didn't realize you were watching that movie. I was like, oh, he's yeah, in a movie and, too. And I was like, <laughs> which is not surprising either. I, don't know why. I thought that was. I just thought that it, Stuart Townsend was in the movie. I must have just like I don't know. I don't know where I came up with that. Of course, um, I mean, but I was just like, damn, he looks terrible. What he happened? So he was so melty, and I mean, I but he honestly looks terrible for Carrie. Ellis. But like, imagine if you thought that was Stuart Townsend. <laughs> Burn! Know? I don't know who that's a bigger time. insult. <laughs> well, the thing about Carrie is Carrie kind of has the curse of like kind of the baby face mm-hmm. when he was an adult, where that doesn't. It just can't. It can't. It can't. You know, because it, it just it starts getting wrinkly and melty, and it and then it just looks like a weird old child, yeah. Rather yeah. than like ever looking like a Maya, you know. So well, you know, because some people become it, like silver foxes, and he definitely mm-hmm. is not. Well, he also clearly mm. is like obsessed with holding on to his princess bride hair, right? Like that's mm. his. And I was like, this is not a good haircut for you at this point, sir. <laughs> I think he kind of thought people would really eat it up that he was in this because it was about royalty. Yes, 
But I'm like, you could cast an actual Scottish person or you could set this in England. Why did, why have you done this? Like, why did you do this? So apparently it was actually filmed in Scotland. Sure, but then cast a Scottish person who can actually do an accent and who's also still a little melty. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of those people. Well, that's what I'm just saying. It begs the question of, you know, when I look at my favorites of these movies, a, a good little chunk of them are people I've never seen in my life, right? Yeah. But what does it mean for the success? Like, what is what is it like? Like, is the star power really that important for these films? And it might be because there's so many out there now. Well, I, I think know. the star power can actually be detrimental when you have zero chemistry between the leads. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was convinced that they <laughs> contractually were like, we will do one to two kisses max because there was that super awkward scene where they were talking so Mm -hmm. close to each other and i was like this makes me so incredibly uncomfortable i just either make out or end this movie right now (laughs) and then she's like outside his door like wearing half the dress but like it wasn't like the top didn't like if she was a dead person's dress as well like what yeah weird but like but honestly the top was so covered in and so like her underwear or whatever didn't look enough like underwear. Like, I, I don't know why he would ever have thought that she, you know, that wasn't the dress. I know. It was, I'm looking through my text thread because a friend and I like synced up our Netflixes and watched. And I was like, oh, I figured out who he sounds like. Shrek. Yeah. He's it's doing the Shrek hilarious. accent. Yeah. yeah. But, you Likes know. the little knitter group, though. I thought that was kind of fun. Yes. They were my favorite part. I kept expecting, I kept calling him Hodor because he doesn't mm-hmm. talk. I was like, Hodor is going to pay off at some point, right? Like, Hodor is not going to talk the whole movie, and then he's going to bust out a song, and it's going to be amazing. And then they had that weird, awkward group choir moment where nobody could sing really well. And then he sang, and I was like, okay, so he does speak English, like, and he does speak. Why are we doing oh, yeah, this? And then, and then the moment I wanted to be the reveal ended up him being, like, dancing at the end. And I was like, oh. It wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it it wasn't been a great what I was reveal. hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you more pay off. But I mean, I would say like, you know, to circle back on the star power thing, I think you're right that I think it, it pays off less because it's somehow worse of a film. Right. But I'm more wondering, like, does it, because there's so many of these things out there, does the star power really help with audience numbers, with eyeballs more than others? You know, That's a good question. Did anyone watch, I didn't end up, I want to say it was like Rob Lowe and Christian Davis, the girl, the woman from Sex in the City. Yeah, it was in right. last year's batch. I think it was like yeah. set in Africa. I didn't end up watching yeah. it because I was like, this "I did is, watch that." Yeah, this is terror. This is worse for me than <laughs> Castle for Christmas ended up being. What? Like, I, 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 just I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why, but okay. I can't compute oh. seeing that trailer and not wanting to watch it. She uh, was a veterinarian who fell back in love with animals. Yeah, in was their chemistry? Did give, they have like, chemistry everything. at all? Look, you can't expect chemistry from these movies, Dana. A lot to ask. <laughs> well, not everything can be the not everything can be the Christmas Bell. Okay, Let me just <laughs> the best of these movies. My favorite Christmas film. I will. I mean, we can keep going on at Castle Christmas, but I will actually argue that Single All the Way was a decent, somewhat. Well, I would. Okay. I would argue for, that... for a Task Rabbit commercial, it was certainly okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would say like and this is i i hate to say this because of it being an lgbtq story but the quality of it felt more akin to something like happiest season last year yes. which whether we love or hate it it felt like an actual movie with some really cheesy things here and there but it yeah aside from writing being like ah 
it, it had some okay actors and the mm-hmm. actual story felt like fleshed out. Well, and they cool. actually had chemistry yeah. together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I actually, so, I just so, I disagree with that. I felt like they did not. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, maybe I, felt, I bought I felt it more then. I thought more. that they did. I thought it was, I thought they had good friend chemistry. I did not feel any sexual chemistry between them. It, we're oh, talking about the, the single all the way, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because we, we, I think we all agree there was no chemistry. <laughs> I... In, yeah, in uh, I, Castle for Christmas. Yeah, Castle, oh, Castle Christmas, for Christmas yeah. for sure. But yeah. for Single All the Way, like, maybe it's just because I really liked the black actor whose name I don't know. Sorry, I should have looked it up. Philemon Chambers. I had to look it up too. Philemon Chambers. I really actually liked him a lot. And he like, like the moment when he thought that the boyfriend, well, not boyfriend, roommate or whatever, was going to move to New Hampshire and like leave him. And he was like, I will, I will miss you. I thought that was a really good, I don't know. I felt it. Oh, it's Philemon, apparently. I felt the chemistry like in, I mean, it wasn't through the whole time and I was annoyed with everyone trying to like force them to be together as somebody who has a lot of platonic friends, Mm -hmm. you know, that are attractive people. Uh, It's like, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I would be so annoyed if this was my life. However, yeah, he was actively like wanting to be with someone and date and whatever. And it's different. I'm not, I'm not like really that person that much. So it's like, uh, just don't meddle at all. I'll figure it out if I want to. Right. Yeah. But so I get annoyed by that kind of stuff. But I felt like at the end in the shop, you know, like I, I, I liked the main guy, uh, and I, I've seen him in um, the bold Michael type. Michael Yuri. Is it the bold type? Yeah, he's in one of these. I think it's the bold type. He's kind of was, like one of those agents. He also in, like, he's ugly in the bold Betty type. or something. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he, yeah, and I, but in the bold type, I think he's like a writer or journal, whatever, for like a competing place that he's like kind of like a jerk or whatever. But he's like mm-hmm. funny, kind of sassy. So he appears here and there, and I, I like the actor well enough. Um, not enough to have known his name so thank you but I liked him in this and then I kind of I don't know I thought it was cute like I thought the scene there where I thought it was ridiculous that the friend bought him the shop and whatever and was like even though maybe they wouldn't be together and stuff yeah but I believed that scene like once he was there and he's I don't know I thought he did it really well but yeah it wasn't like I was like oh god they just have to be together but I obviously we knew they would be I did I will say I really like as a plot device though that like one of my least favorite things in the world is when they make the other person in the triangle turn into an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. really appreciate they didn't do that here. Because yeah. that's more real. And I hate when they like make give someone an easy out. Like, oh, actually, they're really terrible. So it's great. Don't be with them. So I was like, they didn't yeah. do that. You know? Me yeah, too. I like that they I were liked... just like, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And I like that they were adults enough to be like, it's not real, is it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That conversation, they, they you were don't pragmatic see a lot of about it. I, yeah, because yeah. most of the time in movies, it's some dramatic, you know, awful thing. And it's like, doesn't have to be, you know, the only one on three dates is going to be okay. Right. You know, yeah. Like, and then there was like, to each other. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of just like the genre of best friend to lovers, but like, mm-hmm. you know, especially when the family's so involved because it's like, really? But yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I liked it. That, that part was a little annoying, but oh, yeah. And, and I, I really, I didn't like the main character toward the beginning when he was like pressuring his friend to come with him to, for the holidays anyway, because it was like, oh, so now that your plan a didn't work out now you're gonna guilt me for not wanting to come with you and it's like you didn't include me in this before and you knew i was gonna be alone like yeah, <laughs> you know right. what i mean like, and like so i was just he was um, so selfish and i was bothered by that but right yeah ahead. i was bothered by that too and but i did like that they didn't end up fake dating yeah. yes because i hate that they lie to the family the whole time and then they're supposed to be just forgiven at the end like it's no big deal right because well, they naturally exactly. fell in love and it, therefore it wasn't <laughs> fake it was just they didn't know it, it was just, yeah. It was kind of refreshing that it was a different thing that led them together. But 
it, you know, but the fact that we're even talking about these these plot points in this kind of way just shows you the stark difference of the quality yes, well, of a holiday film versus things like Castle for Christmas or Princess Switch 3. <laughs> I, I thought the most successful part of it was the family dynamic. Like, that is where it truly... I felt, it felt like a real movie because I do feel like the supporting I put that in quotes cast is they're real actors they're very good yeah. actors <laughs> mom and dad were mom and dad were fantastic and I have to say that Jennifer, put Jennifer Coolidge, Coolidge more things like I want her in everything but I also thought she was like criminally underused here in a way that criminally underused I, I wanted more from her like she didn't end up mattering to plot much like her her point ended up being that they worked together to help her do her little <laughs> showcase but like I wanted yeah. But I wanted her to be a bigger plot point because I love her and I wanted her and everything. And I was always happy when she was on screen. I thought she was wonderful, but I wanted more. You know what I mean? Like, I just was like, come on. I, agree, but- I did love that the mom was always the like, no, we're not supposed to think all gays need to be together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they should be together. <laughs> But I do, I, I feel like there was a risk of overusing Jennifer Coolidge and making it so camp. And this was trying to be a slightly, you know, serious. And it's, it, but I just, she's, when she hits on the dude, and yeah. <laughs> like the, the day, I just, I, I, I was crying laughing. It was just so, she's so good. Yeah. The thing about it is like, I agree with that. I agree with that actually totally. And I think that's probably why she was a little dialed back in there for comedic yeah. relief. I also, without knowing her personally, I also just think that, like, this is who she is, <laughs> like, as, yeah. a, as a human. And I'm like, she is a human who exists, and she is, deserves to like, be there without it being camp. I would not be surprised by that. <laughs> and I know that it was, like, in the trailer, but I just laughed so hard when she's like, in the case, they just love me. Because <laughs> 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 like, we all love you. <laughs> Truly, I think that is what got... I mean, I probably would have watched it anyway, but I was like, oh, I'm very in on this movie because it, it's like a, it's a sort of self-awareness in the casting and like they they knew who they had in their cast and they knew how they were going to use them. And I was just I was on board for it. It also dragged a little bit, but I was. I, yeah, I like the family dynamic of it by far the most. Yeah, yeah and I agree. I did that. allude like briefly to it, but the product placement was just horrifying. Like, come on. Do we think I don't? I don't know if TaskRabbit actually. Oh, they a hundred percent did. That logo was all over the place. They showed the app at one point, like cool. where he's actually like physically accepting a thing. I've never actually. There's used no way they write that in proper. So I was just like, this. Yeah. Maybe this is. It looks so cheap that I thought it was like you a think? you know one of those like fake UIs. <laughs> yeah, no, they would like, never. Thing. They would never. That's not even a real plot point. So they would have just true. And TaskRabbit would have sued if it had been. Yeah. yeah. The thing that was weird about it is like I. I mean, I used to work on a couple of things that were for Netflix, and product placement or like actual branded integrations in their business structure has never been allowed before. And so it made me wonder. I think this like, was an oh, acquisition they, is my bet. Yeah, did they, did they, yeah they, they acquired it and it just was what it was. So I think that's probably what it was, you know. But then it's like that means the, pro, like, the production company, I guess, got TaskRabbit to pay for it, which I guess that makes sense. But it's a different kind of business structure. As someone who used to work in integrations, it's very different. Usually yeah. the owner of the product is who's, you know, getting paid. Why well, sure, <laughs> are you always telling there. me that, like, logos were a certain amount and then – characters actually mentioning it is a certain amount and then showing the website is a certain amount and they like and they did everything so that, i mean for like a, for like a guarantee and except yeah. for and then if it's like a big plot point then whatever but yeah this like you said it was kind of they you could have if it wasn't something that was planned out wasn't there wasn't there something recently where it was something not a task rabbit but something similar was it might have been a movie we were watching just very recently 
but something similar was happening and they were they just changed the name of it right where they just you know like I mean, it's, it's like anything watched right like now. but it's like it's like you know oh instead of you know oh, right well they don't say uber it's know, rider you know like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. they, like or, yeah, this, yeah. it's clearly this yeah. is what it is but they're not and so they could have they could have made it kind of like what was the know, joke like, the dad made bunny. he was like <laughs> yeah he called them like hobby bunny or help bunnies or yeah <laughs> they could have been something like that in the right. script you know right. what I mean? And they would have gotten completely away with it. Like TaskRabbit could have not, could do nothing to. Right. To right. And so they obviously paid for it. It was just, it was so intense. I was just like, wow. Okay. I guess I didn't even think about that part. I noticed it yes. more just because Matt used to work in it, I think. And like, yeah, I usually it notice it. But and I so think... like, sometimes it's all his fault. Basically is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. You've ruined it. You ruined single all. <laughs> yeah. And the way you can, the way you can know for sure that like it's not something paid is if you ever see two things that are like direct competitors actually in the same thing, like Jessica right, like Jones, Pepsi and for Coke example. or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, Jessica Jones. You watch, every... she's drinking every brand of whiskey throughout that entire thing to make mm-hmm. sure that it wasn't just like Jack, you know what yeah. I mean, like or whatever. It was like to to kind of spread it out, and it doesn't have to be every one of them, but it's like they're not going to. But like, if it. all the computers are Mac and all the phones are iPhones, then Apple paid for it. But if you see like a mix and match, then most likely. Yeah. Well, also, if you see all Apple products, uh, they're good guys because Apple won't let you use, or at least I, I assume this is still the case, but um, they, they won't let the uh, villains use it. Oh, right, right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this one, oh, I think Apple paid a little bit of money for this one because it was definitely an iPhone taking all the pictures. And then there was an iPhone box that and the sometimes- dad was holding in. And sometimes because like what we used to do, I would do integrations, but trade outs where it's like sometimes they just are able to get all the products donated and then it's like okay you we're not going to blur you out or like avoid you but it's not they didn't pay for it but they did lo- cross off a line item i got the i got the feeling for the apple that that's what happened that's a there. lot of times what happens yeah. yeah but but then other times apple's because well, like, i was thinking if no. apple paid for it they would have done the 13 because it was definitely not a 13 because it didn't have the three right like it would have been a little more because yeah. even the 12 if this was filmed yeah. last year had three cameras so well no no even more. even two years ago the pro has three the, uh, yeah, so it had a square camera, but I, so I think it's one of the lesser ones. But I don't, yeah. I don't pay enough attention would... to Apple anymore to remember what the lower ones are anymore. But, but like... that's very like, oh, we'll donate our cheaper iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But, but we're not. You can, you can have, you can have a, you can't have a pro, but you can have a. Yeah. Right. Although knowing this, I wonder if it was just like literally Michael Yuri's actual phone. <laughs> They're like, we can't afford. Yeah. Can we just Apple? It's so okay if we use this. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. We've we've digressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. We really have. But listen, it's. I found it perfectly enjoyable, and and uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, it, it was unexpectedly yeah. better than the other two of Netflix. It feels like a real, albeit very cheesy movie. Like if they yes. had released this in theaters, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised. It's theatrical quality. It's close. Closer to it. Well, it's like <laughs> family, yeah. but it's like Family yeah. Stone level, you know. Yeah, I just think you would have cast. Yeah, no shade to him, but Philemon, yeah, like I, I don't think he was a strong actor. Like even when he's doing the posed photos with the, uh, the you know the the cousins or the nie- nieces or whatever, it's just like he's there's an uncomfortableness to him that I was just like, I don't know if you've had a lot of acting jobs before or modeling he, jobs. Yeah, and I liked him in it, but I think he he struck me as uh, a person who was like, oh, you know, you're really pretty. You should try to do this. Mm-hmm. Rather than like, oh, I really want to be an actor, you know, like it was, yeah. Which is no shame in that, but and I think, and I think he was totally decent. I like, I bought, I bought his performance for the most part, but he did strike me as that person who was like, well, I think again, he's shown as like the friend stuff, but when it came to the romantic stuff in a romantic Christmas movie, 
that was where his weak parts were. Oh, see, I liked him. I was into it. I don't think he was bad. I just think if you were going to put this in a theater, you would have cast some, you would have also cast a name probably. I mean, yeah, I if anything, I thought what's his face was just as worse. The main dude. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, I thought Yuri. he was definitely stronger. Yeah. yeah. For me. I mean, but, he wasn't yeah. great, but I had stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, let's give him an Oscar, but I, but I thought, yeah, he, I, I bought him more thoroughly. I bought both of them enough to totally enjoy, but. I'm looking up the, um, the third guy, the, uh, the date. <laughs> it's like he's in so many of these types of movies <laughs> chateau christmas christmas in my heart sense sensibility and snowman which we might have to watch we just for that oh, name he's definitely making a cameo in his netflix christmas oh yeah movie. I, oh i'm not done though taking a shot at love which is like a little hockey thing uh the mistletoe promise christmas land a shoe addict's Christmas. That's like a highly specific yeah. <laughs> kink question mark. Wow. Mm. And then, oh, he was, he's, he branched out uh, a Valentine's match. Oh. Oh. Yeah. A different kind of film for him. Oh, and the birthday wish. Oh. So, you know, three so different types of holidays. all kinds of holidays. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. We just need so, Halloween, 4th of July. I'm sad that he didn't do Hanukkah. He could be my Hanukkah eight. lead. He's definitely not you know, Jewish. The Easter <laughs> awakening kind of thing. Yeah. We need all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Easter awakening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just came to mind. Should I write it? I you, you probably should. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Dibs. What else did we have? I Matt, you and I watched Love Hard, which yeah, I thought was cute. It was also like you know, I thought Love Hard was cute. Also, I it kind of felt closer. It felt closer to the level of or the quality we're talking about with Single All the Way than mm-hmm. just something like Castle for Christmas. Where it felt more like a real movie. It's funny. I ended up liking the story well enough by the end. But in the first half hour or so, I was a little bit perturbed kind of being like, you know, (laughs) I know where this is going to go. And Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like we're like rewarding catfishing. Like it feels like a way where we're kind of like, actually, this, you know, we forgave him for doing it. Because his reasons were so like, okay. And so it's like, oh, okay, now we're actually empathizing with someone so, who's a cat that you lied to somebody. I did actually watch the beginning of this. I just couldn't keep going because okay. I was so deeply embarrassed by the whole thing. How far did you get? Do you remember? I'm curious. Uh, she did She did her dance on the bar. I was going to say, you got to the karaoke. Okay. Yeah. And then. That was the highlight. And of then the, she like the woke offers. up in like the vet's office or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I can't. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, that was the peak of I think the embarrassment. Yeah, it, it actually, yeah, it, it tried to be like serious. After so that. I was so I just it was really rough for me. Yeah, that yeah. was a lot. That scene was a lot. I, I don't disagree with you about the catfishing thing, but we've also seen that plot a million times before, and we've seen it. I don't know. For me, at least, I was like, yeah, Asian men are the least sexualized for a variety of historical reasons that I could go into, you know, there's just been this myth of like the asexual Asian male. And so I did like eventually that there was romance there, <laughs> but I agree with you. We're rewarding. <laughs> no, but that's a, it's a good point. And I think on that point, like, yes, we have seen this kind of storyline enough and I would usually kind of do bump on it. But I, when you look at it that way too, it is kind of a case scenario where you can accept it the most in that yeah. it is kind of a commentary on that problem. Yes, but it, you're right. It does not justify it. No, yeah. Catfishing is wrong. Like, we, yeah. we know that. <laughs> but, we are anti-catfish on this yes. podcast. <laughs> let but, it be known. <laughs> let it be known. And so, you know, but I think this character and the actor that they got to play him, and it was, a, I think the cast was, really, the casting was great there. I think 
it's it does kind of serve to highlight that what you're saying in a way where it's like he's not someone you're looking at as your conventional like oh my god what a hottie so for him to be experiencing the issues of online dating because it also brings up that where people are just interested in the hot photos and, mm-hmm. he, and he was doing it as a test and he didn't expect it to go that far and she showed up like a psycho you know because she was but so it's that kind of thing where you know you can empathize with him but at by the end of the day, when I come back from it, I was kind of like, does anyone watch that and think, you know, I'm going to catfish somebody, <laughs> you know, and they might, and we don't want well, that to happen. And it is, it's one of those things where it's, it's a bummer because they had such a strong connection, obviously, right before she flies out there, you know, they're mm-hmm. talking all the time. They're really getting along in all the different ways. And so it's just like, and she does surprise him, which is like, you know. Yeah, we also do not, not condone people. surprise holiday visits. <laughs> yeah, like really don't ever show really up on shouldn't. someone's doorstep on Christmas. Like what the fuck? Especially if he yeah. lives with his parents, which maybe she didn't know. But like he's probably going to hang out with his family, which means you should at least let them ha- be part of the conversation so they can choose if they want to introduce you to their family or not. Right. Surprise um, visits on that level are, are to me very strange no matter what. And I don't really think that we yeah. should do them. But, but especially yeah, he on a holiday. He, yeah. But he shouldn't have been. You know? I mean, like the sketchiest part to me was when he sent the picture back to her, the photoshopped, photoshopped. one. Yeah. And like yes. if he hadn't done that one thing, I would almost kind of be like, yeah, sure. The photos online were like weird, but it didn't it wouldn't feel quite as shady for some reason. Because that was like an obvious like attempt to pretend like he wasn't a catfish. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not. I, before, I agree. I guess, agree. But like, you know, we are anti-catfish. But I did think it was a funny acknowledgement of like, yeah, it's Photoshop. People like, yeah, people I love, at photo. I, like, you know, a lot of movies that, just yeah. ignore that. It's oh, like, I laughed. It. I laughed too. But I was just like, oh, yeah. It just made me no, like 100%. him a little less. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, he's definitely trying to fool here, rather than just trying to get the one swipe and then eventually. It, it's, you know? it's one thing about like, oh, okay, this happens. It's a little bit of light, and then that's doubling down on it in a way where it's like, let me go ahead and. You know, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. So like, it feels like yeah. Not not only trail. am I going to mislead you, I'm going to proactively like, like foil your yeah, yeah. But so for all the criticisms of his character, I also think her character not does not come off great. No, <laughs> you know, I did not really like her. No, I did not I liked at all. Him a thousand times more by the end of the film than I liked her. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, she was she was annoying, honestly, and it was and honestly a, a much weaker actress, which I know we we know her, we've seen her, but weaker i thought performance wise than he was for sure and uh yeah she's not the greatest actress either i mean i you know i loved vampire Vampire diaries Diaries, but she was never my favorite character you know what a crap what an annoying character but which you know part of it's writing part of it's her i knew she was on vampire diaries but the only thing i've seen her in is triple x return of xander cage Mm -hmm. (laughs) so not the not the greatest intro but (laughs) So, she's had a lot of TV shows. Yeah, I, I know she's like had a lot of work. I just happen to not have come across any of it except for that one. Yeah. Speaking of sort of star power in these things, I do think technically speaking, this has the most sort of actively working and cast in multiple movies and TV shows and, you know, not just holiday genre ones, actors in it. You know, it has her who I don't know what she's in presently but like jimmy o yang's working you know dan barnett's and a bunch of other netflix stuff like harry shum jr's in it he's an actual movie person it's just so i was but i think they are just that right level of like fame but you're not expecting so much from them it's like not it's not like oh my god i can't believe that you know 
Harry Shump Jr. agreed to do this or that they're so old that they came out of retirement to do something, you know, not that Carrie Ells was actually retired, but it felt well, like and it also this like, the script is not uh, so bad to be like, this is anything more than a feel good holiday film. Like it's like it, yeah. it was like if it was a castle for Christmas script, you're kind of like, oh, wow, like you, <laughs> you know, so it they fit. And yeah, I agree with that. It felt, you know, and, and but due to that, I think overall the performances were mostly decent. Yeah. For the most part, you know, it was. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed. It. I laughed at the caroling. I liked when they did their little duet and they sang. Even <laughs> like so, and it, uh, so cheesy, but like is... making making up the new lyrics to "Baby, It's Cold Outside." And whatever. Yeah. like I thought that stuff I was kind of fun. That. And... I was one. It was kind of cute. And then yeah, was... that was a fun update. You got that far? I got that far. Apparently, I don't know. I remember that. It's like, it. it's like almost the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like when I they're caroling and they. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty. That's very far because that's what they start kind of actually falling. Well, she starts like reciprocating. Well, yeah, because like his. His brother and whatever were being assholes, and then right, yeah. and then they um, being did super the song, but then she didn't really want to sing the song because it's not very feminist. And then he did the thing. Yeah, yeah you got pretty far. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm surprised by that. Wow, she um, has 24 million Instagram followers. That's a lot of Instagram followers. Almost as many as me. <laughs> same, 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 same. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then the last one was just something else. The bitch who stole Christmas. She sure stole it. She did. Yeah. And, you know, like like we were saying before, I think it officially, that officially brought me to the point, even past Mariah's last year, past Dolly Parton's last year, this <laughs> brought, this got to the point where it wasn't without things I enjoyed, but it got to that moment of we are too, this is way too self-aware. And you yep. were like, let's make a really terrible film that people will like because there's a bunch of drag queens in it. No. And that's the thing is the ones that know they're bad, it's just not as fun. Well, it, I laughed out loud at a lot of one-off lines, but I think I would have laughed out loud at those same one-off lines had they been in a RuPaul's Drag Race, like, one of their sketches. It felt like, the entire thing felt like... It felt like the longest sketch in the world, and it was so painful and so poorly done. Yeah, I will <laughs> say, and this comes as no surprise, but I I really, really, la- I loved every moment of Ru in it. Like, I laughed You mean at- all two days on set that Rue did? Yes. I laughed <laughs> yeah. at all of those. Like, I, I really did. And, like, when they were having the fight on the Christmas tree. Yeah, I laughed at the end. Bitch. But some of the middle calls, I was like, okay. I was laughing at those, too. I was just like, I just like her commitment to this. Like, it just was making me think. I was like, man, this is, we we know. We all watch Drag Race. And we know how elevated Rue is as a drag queen, right? We know this. Yes. But just watching this movie. It's not like, oh, Rue's script was so much better than everyone else's and like Rue's lines or whatever. But Rue just has that thing where like the, the commitment to this character, because it was just basically Rue Paul acting as Rue Paul as this character. Yeah. But the commitment to like and how how she's delivering the lines and stuff and all that, whatever. I was like, she's just such an expert. And some of these other queens, it's just like, ooh, you you could not act. Well, I will say that, like, a lot of the time, I actually think they're so harsh in RuPaul's Drag Race, making them, they have to be really good actors, singers, dancers, they have to be able to make their own costumes, their makeup has to be amazing. Like, it's just like this list of how could anyone encompass all of those things, and yet, when you see RuPaul doing RuPaul's thing, it's kind of like, oh, that's why you've got the standard so high. Well, yes. This is the problem I had in particular with The Bitch Who Sold Christmas, though, is like, okay, Credit to RuPaul for keeping so many drag queens employed and giving them work. There were so many people in this. I, I one, did not remember who half the queens are. But two, they were not cast to their strengths, or at least what I assume their strengths was, right? Because you had 
you had Jan in it, who I'm not a huge fan of. It's like Jan is a big singing personality, blah, blah, blah. And I get that they were trying to do this thing where Jan plays this very drab, you know, quiet, banal character. And and then, okay, Jan got a singing moment eventually. But then it you've got Brooklyn. a strong one. Not a, not a strong one at all. But then you've got like Brooklyn Heights, who's a dancer in this heavy acting role you know she's doing this like russian accent she plays a hooker and all this stuff i was like why did you not have something dance involved if you're going to cast brooklyn heights in this i thought ginger minge has a big part and did a fine job but then there are all these like singing numbers where they've dubbed other people's voices and they're all doing like big lip sync to this big song and dance number and it's like why not employ the queens who have applicable talents to these things like raven is just doing this terrible lip sync at one point yeah. That was Raven, just the right? second, yeah, the second she yeah. appeared. Because obviously she's on set doing Rue's makeup, and then she yeah. just like appears real quick. And like, All right. Yeah, it's like no shade to the queens involved, but it's it's it just they were not set up for as much success as Rue was doing oh. what Rue does best. I think what's funny is they know their strengths and weaknesses from the show, so it's wild that the casting director just didn't do a better job. I would say it's not that I think she was amazing or anything, but I liked I actually did like Brooklyn in it. I actually laughed at some things more than I, and I like Canada's Drag Race, and I laughed at her in this more than I laugh at her on that, on as a judge on that. I don't think she's that. Funny. Is she I a think she's queen. Like I feel like she's. I don't know. No, but I mean she's she's. It's not that she's not the. I guess she's not there trying to be super funny, but I guess she's she's kind of the Rue right mm-hmm. in it, and so. Rue's she's funnier there, for sure. She's there, like delivering, trying to deliver little like lines of like when she's talking about when they're you know walking down the runway and they're saying their quips about their stuff and whatever rupaul never fails almost to make me laugh at least once or twice an episode with this shit she's saying and i think brooklyn does try to do that in canada and i don't really think it's that successful so i laughed at her in this more than i thought they haven't i mean this is totally off topic so but i was just gonna say they have not nailed the judges for canada's drag race yet well i don't think it's completely off topic because i think we also have to remember there are writers involved in those shows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of course, Rue is going to have a hundred times better writers. Rue, I think, does a lot of improvising on their own, but you know, we're we're forgetting the fact that Rue obviously had the raw talent to get to where they are now. They would not be RuPaul without having that talent. But at this point, they have more resources to throw at these things. You know, that's why their drag always looks impeccable now. Oh, yeah. They have Raven as a makeup artist. You know, and so I think it's tough to hold people to that standard of current rue when no I, I agree with that when it comes to the looks and things and and but even with yes we have writers and i'm sure they're trying to give the best stuff to rue yeah rue still has a natural Rue's star power delivery for sure, but... is just on point with this and it's such yeah when you look at a, a, a drag queen who is a full-fledged drag queen and everything and you, and you really get invested in who they are as a queen mm-hmm. i feel like it's it's just RuPaul has this thing, which I know we all know this. We're all but we're just saying like this thing where this unwavering, this is who I am as a queen. And it's how I talk. It's how I act. And it's how it's my facial expressions. It's my body language. It's everything. And it is so studied and rehearsed in a way that also feels so natural that I'm like, she just, she, or I guess it is RuPaul. They, I guess is that the best way to, I want to make sure. Well, like, I think when you're in RuPaul drag, you're she. And then okay. so like, called Charles is, yeah. you know, he. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm talking about RuPaul and drag specifically, I guess, but she is so, she just is such a, a force and is so unwavering. And, and like, I just think is like so polished in that way. Of course. Yeah. Looks and all that kind of stuff is, you know, she, the money, money, money and everything. But yeah. it's just like, you know, who she is and the character she's going to play. And I really thought in this that the story, okay, whatever. But like, 
it could have been a lot of fun. We could have had queens appearing here and there, but if like RuPaul is just like this villain in this story with people who were not from RuPaul's well, I think the other thing that this film was trying to do, which was kind of funny, but I, I don't know if it went far enough, is they were making fun of, you're right, it was very self-aware. They were making fun of a lot of the tropes of all of these holiday movies that we watch. Mm-hmm. And there were times when those bits actually were working. You know, there's one point where the, there's like a hot dude sheriff and he just goes on and on and on about how his wife was killed in a clock tower and he can't look at clock towers anymore. And it's just this like super long monologue. But because they committed to it for so long, I was like, okay, this is actually, it's a pretty funny bit. And I, I think if you had kept up that tone and cast the queens differently and all that stuff, it mm-hmm. could have been a really funny sort of commentary on the absurdity of these plots anyway. I totally know? agree. And, and to that point, I mean, I did think that was kind of funny when he was talking about that. And there were a couple of different scenes. I thought the stupid gag of every time he was around, he had to take his shirt off for some reason. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. And I, so he, while not, you know, the next Academy Award winner, I mean, he also clearly was like cast as an actor for this rather than like, yeah. oh, you were on RuPaul's Drag Race, so you're in it. And then, the, you know, the main actress as well, which I didn't think she was the strongest, but she had moments that, I, that got Yeah, me. she was fine. She, uh, was she was perfectly fine for the movie. And so I found myself gravitating more to everyone who was not one of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, so it just I, felt distracting in that way where it's like, this doesn't feel real. Which is I, kind of a bummer because, like, I want them it all have to be employed and excited, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, again, I think there was a way to do it, and I just don't know where they got distracted by. I don't know if it's also like playing favorites amongst the cast because there's so yeah. many queens who've been on Drag Race now, and yeah. it had potential. Yeah, it, it, ha- did. it, it did have moments. Yes. But I would not I wouldn't. necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't. Either. It. And it, it's sad because I wanted to. And I think for me, it was the moment. It honestly it was the moment Got Mick showed up. So the first very, few scenes of the first yeah. the first five minutes of the movie? Well, it was like, oh no. Just because it was like you have got Mick and like here out of drag, which was great. Yeah. But you have got Mick here in this role and he is not good. <laughs> like the like the acting was like yes. not it just wasn't there. And I and I do I really I I like Got Mick a lot, but it just I was like, oh, no, this is hopefully this is just one of the bad performances. I hadn't seen a trailer beyond RuPaul doing a little line. I think I sent you like a video or whatever. It was like, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm watching this. So I didn't know what to expect. And then when we get to the town and we get to that first musical number with all that dubbing and all that, I was like, oh, no. Well, the the (laughs) Gottmik thing for me also, I was like, oh, I guess we're going to, this is when, from right off the bat, I was like, oh, I guess we're going to be making fun of Mm -hmm. all of these tropes and all these movies. And and also just like the the commitment to they kept having this joke about like print journalism is dead (laughs) i was like i get it you know i would say 80 percent of the protagonists in these types of films are writers or journalists or whatever but what is this weird hang-up about like i don't it doesn't fully connect to it it, it just was not anyway yeah i was i was bummed but i i also didn't have high expectations for it so it was fine but i think my expectations were somewhere around you know i mentioned dolly parton's special last Christmas year. Christmas on the square. I couldn't make and it. Again, I, I tapped that on that one. Yeah. yeah, you tapped on that one. And I I think Jackie and I enjoyed that one. It was more, again, I think it was obviously like, oh my God, this is bad. But there's the, what was funny about it to me was I felt like Dolly really likes it. Yeah. <laughs> like like Dolly I didn't think Dolly thought movie. it was amazing, but I think that Dolly No, Dolly like, didn't expect is, an Oscar, but Dolly thought she was no. making a decent film. Like she was she's watching like, this a film is, she'd want to watch. Yeah, this is like and, how my inner brain works and how I love Christmas. And RuPaul was like, This is gonna be funny for you. Yeah. I think the earnestness of Christmas on the square 
is what sort of carried it through. And as much as the music was not for me in Christmas on the Square, the music really was not good in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, not that the music of RuPaul's Drag Race or RuPaul's music is spectacular to start, but the weird original not pop songs that were these Christmas, you know, musical I mean, numbers. Every finale was... of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. Yes, but there was so much but, uh, narration in these. Like yeah, it was yeah. more, it was more like Lin Manuelish, where it's like we're gonna cram plot into these. I was like, yeah. oh, well, like at no. least, like at least RuPaul, the finales are like catchy, sometimes very annoying RuPaul songs, you know. Yeah. But this yeah, was yeah. like, which this did sort of was, have. a little bit, but it was yeah, it was like for the purposes of being a musical, right? And it was so yeah. It, that being said, the writers who write like it depends. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they aren't. But when we watch like the musicals, I really quite liked the Madonna one. I thought the Kardashians one was really fun. I think there have been really good ones. And then sometimes the songs are a little more of a miss. And I felt I loved UK Hun the song. I, I got mm-hmm. stuck in my head for days. This is um, this is gonna be the second time I bring up Shrek in this episode. But <laughs> I really thought when they got to the town and you know they get to this town and I think it's Raven who goes like, "Oh yeah, you you clearly aren't from here because you don't know what's about to happen." I was like, "Is this?" I don't know if you all remember from the first Shrek movie, but there's that whole like "Welcome to Duloc" mm-hmm. little puppet thing, which I could probably still sing to this day because it's so catchy. But I thought that was gonna be what was gonna happen, and at the end they all be like, "Okay, everyone, rap like I'll see you again tomorrow." You know, mm-hmm. like we'll do it again. <laughs> but it was just it was not. It was a terrible, authentic narration that, song. That moment would have been kind of funny after. after it would have been hilarious. Song. You know, and it yes. just, it, yeah, it didn't work. Can you guess what my favorite part of the film was? When it ended? <laughs> I mean, that was good. Uh, but, uh, no, I I don't. So when RuPaul and the main girl were like fighting on the tree. No, nope, uh-huh. when RuPaul's trying to get in the helicopter. Yeah. I was laughing at that. And when they were slapping, they started slapping each other. And then when all the towns started slapping each other down there. <laughs> yeah. And when it, it briefly, just really quickly cuts to my, my chat. Mm-hmm. As as Sharon, snap out of it. I <laughs> laughed at that, and for a second, I was like, "Wait, is Sharon?" <laughs> no, I had to look because I was like, "Wait, did they get Sharon?" Because that's how good Chad is, and Chad is very Chad good. Is yeah. my favorite, and just always been my favorite since season one, since I probably watched them all, Chad forever. And I think that it's still like the best match game uh, when Chad did share. And I just think I was laughing so hard, and I was like, "Oh, now I wish Chad was in this more." <laughs> yeah, yeah, share. Oh, I I enjoyed Latrice's scene. Yeah, that was fun on the bus. Because I, I, I also, I think Latrice, in a similar vein to RuPaul, is someone who just knows their character. Like, but the thing is, is, see, these things we're talking about, I think that in the, not to beat a dead horse, but I think the Queens as cameos like that and yes. scenes like that, that works yeah. better than having the group of them who were the lead, who were in the lead ensemble in a way. Like, you yeah. know, as far as the plot goes, that was where it fell so short because they were so weak. But it, yeah. having Queens sprinkled around as cameos, got Mick would have been totally fine. Like in that respect that it's like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. You know, yeah, there for five minutes. Yeah, like Heidi had like a line, you know. Right, Heidi was yeah, totally fine, and so they just yeah, it's, just, it's sort it's of a, just, a where's Waldo. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know that's fun. It's just yeah. I guess it's just sad because we you can see where it has some potential, and it's like oh, it fell short. Yeah, to wrap things up. So this is my question. So I I know something like the bitch who stole Christmas is for Drag Race fans, right? Who do we think of going back to Castle for Christmas? Who do we think that film was for? I think it's for housewives who are home. And like Brooke Shields still. Remember love Brooking Shields. <laughs> Brooking Brooke Shields. Love yeah. Them. I mean, honestly, my dad loves the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh. He saves them on his DVR. <laughs> he watches them all the time. Like he's into it. He doesn't mind the cheese. So it's not about the cheese because I'm like, okay, th- there's a whole thing there. Yeah, but but for me, the whole almost we did not even talk about the fact that drew barrymore (laughs) appears in castle for christmas as herself and the the credit scene where it's just this like fake bloopers i think was so bizarre to me 
was. It, was it made me think Drew must actually just be friends with Brooke Shields. That was my guess. It yeah. was just kind of yeah, like, yeah, hey, I'll do too. it. But I think it's for it's for or the it's promotional it's not, for her show too, which who knows? How yeah. Well. But I was just trying to think of the age bracket because I was like, yeah. okay, well, Brooke Shields is a certain age bracket. Carrie Ells is a diff- a slightly younger, but still in a similar. I think yeah. maybe. Yeah, you know? I think I think similar. I think it's for I think it's for adults, primarily women ages like forty four up. That's fair. Yeah. I think it's probably who it's meant for. Yeah. And then, you know, Jackie Mock. But <laughs> Mark Marks. But, yeah, Mark Marks. Yeah, but he's an adult in that bracket. You know, we're not there. We're so young. Yeah. That's true. So it's, we're so young. Yeah. yeah you're so true. far away from that. We could never even imagine. You know? Yeah, never. So, not remotely close. Yeah. But I don't see nope. anyone in their twenties who has no idea who those two people are. I don't see them getting through that film. I mean, aside from ourselves. But, but yeah, because we're not doing <laughs> that. Yeah. But yeah. we're like film people, you know, we know. Yes. I mean, there's a whole um, bunch of people who just love the, the the Christmas movie, so yeah, you know, it it's probably true. doesn't matter to them that Brooke Shields is in it. Yeah, I guess not. I know we're we're already, at it, but can I read you a couple of the Letterboxd reviews? Yeah, you sure can. For Castle for Christmas, because I was crying laughing. Letterbox reviews are truly spectacular. Somebody said, "I'll say one thing for these awful Netflix Christmas films: they do have a lovely selection of knitwear in them." And I agree with that because I wanted that weird giant coat. Yeah, that weird giant coat was cool. Yes. Why Carrie Ells look like Jonathan Groff but old? Yeah, I I can see that. Out here collecting cringy Netflix Christmas movies like their Pokemon. I do kind of like that the Drew Barrymore show does seem like a fake talk show that would be in a Netflix rom com. It's not wrong. I had to Not explain wrong. to my friend that Drew Barrymore yeah. has a talk show. Yeah. She actually has a talk show, yeah. yeah. And I love Drew, and I've seen a couple episodes that I think it's cute and fun, whatever, but like, it, it does seem that kind of thing, like that, no way, it's that real. Yes. Not sure if I had a stroke during the end credits or if it's just edited like that. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it a half star. Maybe both. Oh, to be a mute background homosexual in a Christmas movie. <laughs> Five stars. Hamish the dog did 85% of the acting in this, and he was a star. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Love Tamish. Great. Work. Oh, and then my final, the final thing we didn't talk about this. Who the fuck is that Donatelli couple that gets introduced never to be shown again? <laughs> Which Donatelli? The Donatelli couple are the crossover couple from the Princess Switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like the know. guy who's like the, drives the flower van. He like works mm-hmm. for. Yeah, because you know so, how they're, they're doing. Netflix is doing the most. Yeah, to, the like, literal Christmas. You know. Yeah, Wait, but cinematic I don't universe. Donatelli. I don't remember that at all. So remember in the heist in Princess Switch three. One of the like manservants, he like drives the getaway van for them. Mm-hmm. That guy appears for a moment in uh, Castle for Christmas and asks for like a room at the inn. Oh. And the, the innkeeper's like, We only have the Christmas package, not sweet, yeah. just package. I was like, yeah, Who yeah. charges by the package? And then that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. They never they never bring that plot point up again. They're never like, Oh, sorry, Brooke Shields, you can't stay at the inn anymore because this couple took yeah. the last room, which I thought was going to happen. Same. And like, you have to go stay at the castle. No. <laughs> They just... It was just for the purposes of showing them. It was like yeah. Flynn Rider and Rapunzel showing up at the gates and Frozen. <laughs> and just to yes. like show them there real yeah. quick. And then be like, oh, because by the way, this is all connected. Yes, the Netflix I love, holiday. I love that it's subtle, though. It's subtle, but I just it made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, because there's a speaking role. If they just were like walking and checking in and it cuts away or something. Yeah, but it was like, like there's an actual like they get a little tiny art, you know. They yeah. <laughs> and, and But to, for it not to matter about anything, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not how you write a cameo. Because most of so. the other ones, it's like, oh, a movie is on TV in the background and it's this or like, the, right. you know, the, the kingdom gets mentioned. Right. But yeah, I highly recommend the Letterboxd reviews for yeah, The Castle for Christmas. Fun. <laughs> it's more entertaining fun. than the film itself. I would, I would agree with that probably. I mean, you know, I had a good time, but 
Yeah, it was. It's interesting because if you had asked me going into all this, I don't think I would have thought the bitch who stole Christmas would be my least favorite of the ones we watched. As far as like how much it entertained me, it would last. Yeah. Does anyone have favorites? But, I mean, I think probably Single All the Way was the one I enjoyed the most as a real movie, followed by Love Hard. I think those, and that was pretty close. I liked that one too, a similar amount. I thought they were both fun and cute. But I think I, yeah. I think I enjoyed A Castle for Christmas a little bit more than Princess Switch Three, just because I was laughing more during Castle for Christmas. Yeah, agreed. I I mean, I didn't watch all of Love Hard, so I don't know. But I guess for me, Single All the Way, and then Castle for Christmas, then Princess Switch Three. I think Castle for Christmas. Also, I think because I was watching live with someone and it was you know texting back and forth, like it hit the sweet spot of so bad. That I, that's why I usually watch these it movies. I don't time. watch them for actual romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I if somebody's looking for an earnest one, I would say single all the way or love hard. Yeah, and sad. I would agree. I, yeah, I'm sad to say avoid the bitch who stole Christmas. Well, and also, I mean, not to bring up a whole extra point, but I did you think it was kind of interesting, like in these times, especially with Doctor Seuss being problematic, that they essentially made a movie about a Doctor Seuss. Like they chose Doctor Seuss, like the Grinch who stole Christmas as the inspiration for the story uh. of their movie. Wait, what did Dr. Seuss do? Why is Dr. Seuss canceled? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, uh, a lot of racist stuff and a lot of things. I mean, he's not, I don't, I think there's a war oh. on it, but like, it's just, it's just a thing where it's kind of, it's, it's been for the last like year and a half, I'd say, like, was the first time I heard about it, but like, it's, been, I mean, like, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, every, you know, everyone yeah. is racist. It, well, okay, we're going to get into this. It, it doesn't surprise me just because I don't think Dr. Seuss owns rhymes, you know? <laughs> Because yeah. it to me it was a, a little in the vein of um, Christmas Carol. Yeah, it, it had some of that, but the story, the stru- structure of the story was the Grinch who stole Christmas. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you look, think about it. Mm. I don't think I have yeah. ingested the Grinch who stole Christmas in a long time, so I've forgotten. Oh, no. Like, I just I know he steals the. <laughs> that's my favorite, not the Jim Carrey version, but that's my favorite Doctor Seuss, and so I'm very aware of it. But <laughs> so yeah, I was I like, okay, and not just in title, it was it was very much well, like that story. Okay, if we want to talk about problematic authors, though, I mean basically well i guess she wasn't but it reminded the, the whole idea of like the character brooke shield's character being like the best-selling author blah 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 i was like is she supposed to be jk rowling it gave me that is vibe that, yeah yeah well, i think she was romance though Daniel. yeah yeah it's, i got yeah that. i was thinking it was daniel still more than jk rowling yeah but in or terms of maybe like, like diana goldblum who did the like outlander books or something so this was the conversation I was also having with my friend. She she was like, I I couldn't pick out J.K. Rowling from a lineup. I was like, I I know what J.K. Rowling looks oh, like. I know like, what... right. I don't know what Danielle Steele looks like necessarily. Okay. I mean, she looks and, more like Brooks Shields than she does like J.K. Rowling, but I don't think they particularly look like each other either. Yeah, well, so then the question became like, if you were to pass a famous writer on the street, do you think you'd be able to pick them out? I was like, I think it just depends on who it is, but. Yeah. She, if it's somebody I really liked, probably fairly famous for me to pick you up, or just like someone that you really like, right? right. Like I would, yeah. like Kazuo Ishiguro is like my favorite modern author, and I would recognize him anywhere. But I don't know if I don't know if you two would, or I don't know. You know I wouldn't, would but I mean, I have a bunch of romance novelists who I'm obsessed with, and I know what they look like. So if I saw them, I would know. You know, I, yeah. I was like, I guess the only time I've ever been confronted with this situation was when we were at Comic Con, and one time I passed George R. R. Martin. I was like, okay, well, one context, like the odds of running into a George R. R. Martin are much higher at Comic Con, and two, character. screw that guy. Like, like, but like, I know what Patrick Rothfuss looks like, but I would say that, like, you know, or, but like Stephen King, you can probably yeah, pick King, out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone really famous like that is. But honestly, I don't know that I know Michael Crichton. I don't think I know what he looks like. Oh, okay. I don't think I know. 
I don't know what James Patterson looks like. I don't think. I think I do only because he he still does TV commercials for his books sometimes, mm-hmm. and they are hilarious. Okay. Yeah, those. And then Michael Crichton. What's interesting is Michael Crichton did like the 1990s. I would know, but I don't actually know what it looks like right now. <laughs> I haven't seen him just, but I mean, I used to like. I mean, I love. Is Michael Crichton still certain. alive? Well, like. Oh, like Dan Brown, do we know what Dan Brown looks like? I don't think I, I know do know what, Dan Brown. I don't know what Dan I Brown. Looks I, I wouldn't like. know I Dan Brown. I I knew at one point. I would not. Yeah. I was just trying to think oh. of overly yeah. famous authors. I know what Stephanie Meyer looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I could do like Joe Hill. I don't know. Oh yeah, what Michael Crichton died in two thousand and eight. Oh wow. Okay. Sad. I guess I kind of remember that, but well, then you know, but up to two thousand eight, I'm not sure that I would have recognized him. But in the nineties, I mean, I had a copy of Jurassic Park that was very used with his face in it, and I like, I remember that picture, so I would know that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like Nora Roberts, I would recognize. Yeah, I mean, I don't like those books anymore, but I read them when I was in high school and loved them. And she probably, I mean, she looked. She hasn't changed much. Yeah, I guess for me, the only sort of comparable author I could think of that would be on a Drew Barrymore show or something like that is essentially J.K. Rowling. So that's why I was like, I don't like this character. Brought it to mind. Yeah. I would recognize Tolkien if he was around. Both Tolkien's. Would you? Yeah. Like, if, yeah, I know exactly what he looks like. And and Christopher. But that's fair. Again, a lot of books with their faces in them. That's that's valid. <laughs> that I read very regularly. Yeah, There's a lot like, of authors who I read who I love and don't know what they look like too yeah yeah oh totally yeah like i've i've read almost all andy weir's books and i like them enjoy them but i don't have no idea what that dude looks like and like i love naomi novik i've read basically everything she's ever written and i have no clue what she looks like she i put a picture on any of her stuff so yeah i don't know that like it's on purpose but i've never might be i imagine her looking like a sort of gail simone mm. not about i'm it. gonna look it up right now just in case yeah well, have you read movie. Have you read Deadly Education? Yes, and I need to read the second read one. <gasps> the second one's so good. It just came out. I know. I am cheap and am waiting for the library to get it. Oh, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. I, I love those books. Yeah, I stayed up all night reading the first one. Oh, no. She's, like, cuter than expected. Oh, now I'm oh. going to look her up. All right. Well, we, there's... Nerdy cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I did know what she basically looks like. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and like, I've read, I mean, I'm so obsessed with all these High Republic novels right now, you know what I mean? And like, I follow them all on Twitter, so I see them on there a lot. So like, I know Charles Soule, Calvin Scott, like, I, Daniel Jose Older, I know exactly what these people look like. But before Twitter and following an author you love, like, I don't know that I would have known any of them. Yeah, I, I think, again, it's it's like context and having it be an author you particularly are obsessed with, but an author of a global scale where you'd be recognized in a tiny Scottish village. Like that was where it's, I was like, yeah, I can't think of many. And that was, yeah, that's why I kind of thought JK too in that way, because yeah. it's like who, how many, that much appeal where people know who she is, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good and bad news. There's a, a almost three weeks left of, <laughs> or like under three weeks left of this type of content for everyone to enjoy. So, you know, if you want more of these types of films, there are coming. And I, I'm, I'm here. I'll be receiving. Yeah, I th- I still think we need to watch. What was the one called? I've already forgotten its name. Oh, the guy from. It was like Snowman <laughs> or something. You point and I'll watch. I mean, there were so many on there that sounded good, so I don't know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I oh, I think we have to watch Sense Sensibility and Snowman. That's our. Oh, yeah. 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 Obviously. Yes. yes. All right. Well, thank you both. Thank you all.
Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt, and now a couple of follow-up points. So the character of Echo first appeared in December of 1999 in Daredevil number 9. In the comics, her father was killed by Wilson Fisk, aka Kingpin, and her father's dying wish is to have Kingpin raise her well. I say that in quotes. Uh, and so he adopts her essentially as his daughter. So, so far, it seems like we are on track to get that part of the origin story. At one point, Echo actually dons the Ronin mantle, so that'll be interesting to see play out. As we've introduced Ronin pretty aggressively, as for Alakwa Cox, she has not shared why she has a prosthetic leg, and in doing some research on this, there doesn't appear to be a fully clear consensus on the phrasing, but someone with a limb difference would be a correct way to refer to folks. Amputee can often imply the removal of a limb, but some people have limb differences that form in, let's say, the womb, and those are sometimes described as congenital amputation. Since we don't know Alakwa's preference, we're going to use the more broad term limb difference for now and going forward, but if she prefers to be referred to as an amputee and comes out and says that, we will happily change to whatever she's most comfortable with. I think the most important part is finding out what people prefer, how they would like to be referred to. And then as for our slate of holiday films, the only follow-up points uh, we're going to make are on A Castle for Christmas in that uh, in an interview, Brooke Shields actually recently said, A Castle for Christmas is for women who are over 40 and who are supposed to be sort of at the peak of their careers and don't need saving particularly by a man. You know, they may have grown or older children. And so basically it's it's for her, uh, you know, kind of. And I apologize. I take it back. Uh, Carrie Ells is technically older than Brooke Shields by a couple of years. I think why I had them generationally is that Brooke Shields began her career in the late 1970s and admittedly she was a child you know I think her first job was when she was 12 but she was basically mega famous from that point on as opposed to Carrie Ells where the Princess Bride didn't come out until 1987 so she had a good 10-year professional head start on him in terms of fame and mega fame that's why I kind of assume he was the generation after her but it's more the professional generation after her that has been it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.